Hey everyone, welcome to episode 106, The Five Second Rule. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 106, which I still live in disbelief that we're even in the hundreds. What in the world is going on? And I'm literally obsessed with you all and all of your feedback. And then I start to feel super guilty because I'm like, hold up, wait a minute, what's going on? How have I not talked about the five second rule yet? So I want to apologize. I know you all like tangible life hacks, actionable items versus the esoteric live, love, laugh. It's like a combination of both. We need to understand both to live our best life. And so this is a huge strategy for yourself and also to teach your kids. And Mel Robbins came up with it because her life was pretty much in the gutter, as she says. And she did a TED Talk called How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over. You may have seen it. If you haven't, you can just Google literally what I just said. And it has, ready for this? 26 million views. It's been translated in all these different languages and a book came out of it. And she would have called it something different other than the five second rule. And it's something that just came to her during her TED talk. It was kind of like a PS and the PS part of her TED talk went completely viral. She's created books. She's created podcasts. It turned into a sensation. And what happened was her life was in the gutter and she didn't know how to get out of the gutter because everything was just coming down all at once and she didn't know where to start. So she was almost paralyzed by filing for bankruptcy, feeling overweight, drinking too much. Her marriage was on the rocks. Everything was just all crashing at once and it was too overwhelming. It's kind of like a messy closet. You don't know where to start, so you don't start at all. Well, that's how she felt in life. She felt paralyzed by life. And so she remembers watching the rocket ship go off and the rocket ship just did the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then just shot up like a rocket ship, like a rocket ship does. And so the next morning when she wanted to wake up early to work out, she pretended like she was a rocket ship in her bed. And so the alarm went off and the normal thoughts came up. She wanted to press snooze and roll over and go back to sleep because she felt hungover. But she remembered the rocket ship and then she just said 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and all of a sudden she was out of bed. She was like, whoa, that was weird. And she kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And so she realized that there was something to this after years and years of research and lots of science to back it up. But it's a simple little hack. And you think it's almost so simple that it shouldn't work, but it does work because of the science behind it. What we've been talking about on our podcast for so many episodes is that our brain only wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. So the brain likes to be very lazy and lay on the couch and watch Netflix. So that's the primitive part of the brain. And then the prefrontal cortex or the heart of the brain likes to do things like have time freedom, have an organized house, not drink so much not emotionally eat, feel comfortable in its skin. That's what the heart part of the brain does. And so we all know what to do, but sometimes we don't do it. Why is that? And that question kept Mel up at night of wondering why. And the reason why is because our brain gets in the way because it thinks that it's trying to keep us safe. And I love this quote, she said, none of us wake up one day and just say, you know, today's the day I'm gonna destroy my life. It's these teeny tiny little decisions that are made all day long and we don't even realize it because we're living unconsciously. We're living on autopilot. The unconscious part of the brain has taken over. 
Now, when we're on an airplane and the pilot is having problems flying the plane, we want to go on autopilot then. But we don't want to live our life on autopilot because then the unconscious part of the brain takes over. And that's what conscious living is all about, being conscious with our decisions, whether it's what we eat, how much we sleep, how much TV we consume, our alcohol consumption, the foods we eat, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we talk to our kids, the way we talk to our spouse if we're married, the way we show up in our work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It could go on and on. And everyone has an area to prove on and the areas never go away. So it's not like, okay, once I master this area, then I'm just like full, complete set. It's a constant maintenance of that area and then all the other areas. Okay, so this is how it works. She says, the moment that your instincts fire up, when you know you should do something or you should say something like speak up at a meeting or you just have that inkling from the heart, saying, I need to do X, Y, Z. It could be something as simple as emptying the dishwasher, but you feel yourself hesitate. You feel yourself pull away from that temptation, from that fire. This is when the rule comes into play. You have five seconds because the heart and the brain at this point are in battle. It's like picture them in a boxing ring. So you start counting backwards to yourself, five, four, three, two, one, then move, boom. Because what happens is if you don't move within that five seconds, your brain will kill the idea. It will kill the experience. It'll kill the fire, so to speak, and it will put water all over the fire. And you'll talk yourself out of doing it. I do this all the time with my workouts. I do this all the time with organizing my closet or putting my clothes away or emptying the dishwasher or speaking up at a meeting. I do it to do this podcast. Right now, I told Grady, I said, Grady, I need some help. I need help with the 54321 rule. And I also need your help with the positive and negative consequences. He's our guy, I need you to do this by 430. If you do it, get it done by 430, then you can have some of my dessert. And his dessert's like Starburst. And if you don't do it, then you have to walk Maggie all weekend long because that's one of his jobs. I'm like, deal. And we shook on it. Boom, 54321. Hey, everyone, welcome to, that's what it takes. Every single time after 106 episodes, I'm still doing the 54321. I still do the 54321 on my workouts. I still do the 54321 when it comes to emptying the dishwasher, a task I loathe. I still do it when I'm going live on Facebook. It's all of these little decisions. And then when you're done, you're like, boom, and you high five yourself. It's like you're high fiving your heart. The reason why you're counting backwards is because you're interrupting the habit of overthinking. You're getting control of the raffia, so to speak. You're focusing on taking the new action and then you're activating a different part of your brain. You'll realize after doing this over and over and over that you still might have to do it, but it's not so laborious. The brain kind of says, ah, this chick's not gonna listen to me anymore. We're gonna have to go with the heart. The heart wins. And I want you to picture like in a boxing ring, the heart and the brain being in the boxing ring at the same time. And then when you make these tiny little decisions, and I'm talking teeny tiny, I'm not talking running the marathon. I'm talking emptying the dishwasher when you don't want to. I'm talking packing the lunches instead of waiting till the morning. I'm talking whatever that thing is. It's different for everyone. This is why our podcast is so good for being plug and play because it might be for your workouts or you might be a triathlon where workouts are like your therapy and you have to do them. You can't miss them. So it's different for everybody. And when I'm talking about whatever that thing is, you know what that thing is. I gave you some examples in my life but my life is not your life. Your life is not my life. And then when you're activating that part of the brain, what happens is your brain starts to go, oh geez, she's doing the five, four, three, two, one. This is when, and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. But it will never get to the point where you're on autopilot. I never want to go do the workout. It's never like, woohoo. I always think about after how I'm gonna feel. And then I take action in spite of the mind that's going crazy saying not to do it. This is completely normal. That's what I wanna normalize for you as much as possible. Your brain will always try to stop you even though you know you wanna do that thing, whether it's building the business online, joining a dating app, 
It could be going to church more regularly. It could be going to synagogue more often, having more connection with your spouse. It could be stopping of the yelling. The brain says, oh, I want to yell. So we do five, four, three, two, one. No, we're going to hold the space. And we just take that pause. The power is in the pause. And you don't want to be an autopilot. You want to interrupt these self-sabotaging habits that we all have. I have them every single day. And this is a way to outsmart your brain and take control of your life and take control of the raffia with these little itty bitty five second decisions. She gives different examples in the book, which is called The Five Second Rule. She says it might be going to the gym or blowing it off. For me, it's pressing play on a workout. It might be to speak up in a meeting or decide to stay quiet. It might be to put down the booze and decide not to drink. She calls it booze. You might call it beer. You might call it margarita. You might call it shots. If you vape, it might be putting down the vape pen. You're dating and you want to talk to the attractive guy or the attractive girl, but then all of a sudden, boom, your brain sticks in the little comment. You're unworthy. You're not lovable. Remember that last person that broke your heart? You don't want to do that again. That's what the brain does, that chatter. And so that's why New Year's resolutions and like the Monday starting, whether it's a workout, whatever it is, it's almost like that's the brain's way of procrastinating and putting off what we want to get done today. So the, I'll do it tomorrow. I don't feel like it right now. I'm not ready. We're always waiting to feel like it, but what has to happen first is the five, four, three, two, one happens. You do the thing and then the feeling happens and we all do it. You want to procrastinate. You want to overthink. You want to worry. You want to doubt yourself. You want to say, why bother? I've tried it before. It didn't work. And what happens is when you use it, the rule over time, you start to build confidence, you build momentum. And when you have the big Mo in your life and with the big Mo stands for momentum, then all of a sudden you're on the treadmill and you don't know how it happened. So it's a different type of autopilot because the heart is putting its hand up in the air in the ring saying, I won, I won. And then it's like over and over and over the heart wins, the heart wins, the heart wins. And then you're living a heart-centered life versus a life of feeling stuck. And Mel says that the brain is like a helicopter parent. You know, those parents that are covering over you, your brain is always trying to keep you safe. And if it's had any pain or trauma in the past, then it avoids that like the plague. It's very irrational. It's very overprotective. It doesn't want to see us grow all of our brains. It wants us to go back in the cave and hide. It thinks it's keeping you safe. It thinks it's keeping me safe. When in fact, it's keeping you from growing as a person and stretching yourself in your business or in your fitness or in life or in your relationships because it's narrating your life and it's living it on the catalog of old memories. That's why we always talk about having a relationship with our future self versus looking at the past for evidence of why we're gonna succeed or fail. So if you've ever been in a relationship and you've been hurt, when you go into that next relationship, your brain takes all of that Samsonite luggage with you and says, remember we got hurt before when we were vulnerable, so we're not gonna do that anymore. We're gonna exit stage left. And it thinks that it's protecting you from danger. And so when you stop and you overthink and we hesitate and we feel uncertain, we're signaling our brain like, "Uh uh-oh, something's gone wrong. And then your brain, our brain, my brain goes into overdrive to protect us. It says, don't you dare go live on Facebook. Don't you dare record episode 106. Don't you dare press play on that workout because that's going to hurt us. Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? And they send off alarm bells. And in the beginning, the alarm bells get super loud and they are like an alarm going off. If you ever had your house alarm go off or a fire alarm, it is deafening to the ears. And over time, you get used to the alarm bells going off. And it's almost like you can hit snooze on that alarm bell and take action anyway. And I love Mel Robbins. She says, motivation is garbage. Motivation, we're all waiting to be motivated. We're all waiting to feel this rainbow of emotion when it's something that we create, the thoughts that we have create the feelings and then the actions drive from the feelings. But we're all waiting for that feeling to come first. And we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like waiting at the bus stop for an airplane to come pick us up. No one is coming for us. 
When we step into emotional adulthood, we are coming for ourselves. We are on a different type of autopilot and we get to choose what that is. And so this is a way to outsmart your brain, outsmart the old patterning, the old thinking. And it is very hard and it's supposed to be until guess what? It's not hard anymore. When you choose hard over and over and over, then life starts to feel very easy. When you choose the easy path over and over and over, then life always feels hard and it feels like an uphill battle. When you learn to coexist and having the brain and the heart work together instead of always against each other, then you both win in the court. You both win in the ring. Both of them are winning at the same time because the brain says, you know what? I do like the way that feels when we're finished. So let's let the heart win and we'll go do the workout. We'll go raise our hand at the office meeting. We'll shoot out of bed when the alarm goes off. We'll spend that time meditating. Whatever it is, whatever that thing is, the heart is always louder if we let it be louder. And the brain will still be there and the brain will still show up even though they're not invited to the party. And what happens is over time, the brain says, you know what? I'm gonna let the heart go first. We're gonna do that thing because I kind of like the way that it feels afterwards, after we've raised our hand and said that thing and felt like very proud of ourselves and we kind of high five ourselves. So the brain gets on board, but the brain doesn't ever get on board in the beginning. The brain is always gonna try to stop you. It always tries to stop me on all the things, all the time. But what happens is you turn it into a whisper and it's like, Maggie, it's like, I hear you, Maggie. I know you're scared that the Amazon person's there, but there's no danger here, really. But we don't want Maggie to never act up because what if there is a robber in our house? We want her to be on a high alert. We don't wanna be mad at our brain. The brain's just doing what the brain's supposed to do. And the brain, if we're down a dark alley and there's danger, the brain is gonna give us instincts to get out of there and exit stage left. We will have he woman and he man strength when it comes to fighting off the bear in the back alley. But for the most part, most experiences and most things that we're trying to go after are the Amazon people at the door. They're not really a risk, but our brain thinks that it is a risk. And so we just do the same thing that we do to Maggie. It's okay, Maggie, it's just Amazon. They're actually here to bring you some dog treats. And then we become friends with our brain. We're not mad at our brain. We're not mad at our parents. We're not mad at our old coaches that told us things that didn't feel good to hear. We're not mad at anybody. We're just understanding that the brain is doing what the brain is supposed to do. And then the heart starts to get a little bit louder, but they coexist and they live in the ring together and they're each serving its purpose. And then we go after and make these micro, little, itty bitty, teeny tiny decisions to go after whatever that goal is, whether it's weight loss, building a business, having more connections with your family, not yelling at your kids, having an organized house, having more money in the bank, not overspending, not over drinking, not overeating, whatever it is, whatever that thing is, let them both be there and don't fight against it, but embrace it and just be like, huh, this is what Kelly's talking about. I see it now. And then what happens is the more you listen, it doesn't ever go away, but it definitely gets softer over time. So send me an email of what your takeaway is from the five second rule, if you've heard of it and how you're gonna implement it in your life starting now. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too. 
each and every day. Thanks for listening.